What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Safeway Open. We'll look at the outright market. We'll put together some head-to-head -head matchups, and then we will talk about week one of the run good one-and-done. Lots to talk about there. First and foremost, right off the top, if you missed the deadline for the one-and-done, I am sorry. I got lots of messages, lots of requests. Uh, we had a hard deadline. I tried my best to get the word out. If we missed you, We'll get you next time. There'll be plenty of good stuff coming down the pipeline, but the response was great, and we'll talk through all of that in the second half of the video. But first, let's jump into some of the betting options for this week's Safeway Open. All right, if you are new, welcome. We are looking at the tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com. This essentially tries to determine how often a golfer can get to the winning score. It compares it to their implied Vegas odds, and it sees if there is any value there. And what you will almost immediately see when looking at this tool is there's not a lot of value. And I think that is mostly because of the strength of field that we have this week. You do not have a lot of guys with super high ceilings in this event. Now, of course, one of them is going to win it. One of them is going to find a way to get to victory. But in the way that I calculate this, there are not a lot of golfers that can do that more often than what their Vegas odds are. So it's the combination of not having a lot of high ceiling guys in this field. And then also because Vegas has to lay odds on all of these golfers, uh, some of them are too short. And quite frankly, you're seeing guys like Phil Mickelson, Siwoo Kim, uh, co-favorites, Brendan Steele up there as well, like 20-ish to 1, 22 to 1, maybe 18 to 1, depending on where you are shopping. And I think it's too short. You know, I, I just don't really love paying up for Almost any one of these guys at the top, the numbers don't really back it up. In fact, the the first guy that I actually have a positive expected value on is Shane Lowry. He's the guy who has a high enough ceiling that can get to the winning score more often than Vegas expects him to, which is not really all that appealing to go out and try to bet on Shane Lowry in the outright market. So for this week, we might have to step away from the tournament predictor tool a little bit and talk through... Just kind of some, I don't want to call them gut options, but guys that are passing the eye test as opposed to passing the model test. These are the weeks that can produce some fairly random winners, and I think you have to embrace that volatility, you know. Normally, we get the graduating class from the Corn Ferry Tour for the first event of the season, and we've got a bunch of new guys to break down, and we don't really have that this year because nobody lost their card. There weren't the 25 graduates for the 2021 season, uh, but I mean, looking at looking at past winners here, you're talking about Cameron Champ, uh, Kevin Tway, Brendan Steele twice, Emiliano Grio. I mean, th it does produce some, I, I don't want to say shocking winners, but you know, it's not not the top tier guys uh, because usually the top tier guys don't play it. Uh, I've, I've been very vocal that I think, um, you know, the Phil Mickelson, Siwoo Kim, Sergio Garcia, Jordan Spieth, those guys in the betting market are being overvalued, in my opinion, strictly based on name value. I think that the second tier of golfers that are more in line with who we might play on a regular basis on DraftKings, or we might want to invest in the guys who are T to green 
talented are the better options for this week. Joel Damon, 28 to 1, 30 to 1, depending on where you're shopping. I think William Hill has him at 30 to 1. Um, this feels like a natural progression for Joel Damon, a guy who's never won on the PGA Tour, but has posted a bunch of top top 20s recently in really difficult fields, now becomes the class of the field without really being priced as it which I think is a really good combination. Harold Varner the third, we know about the um you know the scar tissues that he has built up uh, over the over the past couple of years with Sunday failures, putting himself in contention, but he's been absolutely phenomenal from tee to green. He, he was like he was like eighth on tour in strokes gained tee to green uh last season, which is absolutely phenomenal. Roll a couple of putts in over 4 days, HV3 and find yourself in the winner circle. So, those are the types of golfers that I'm targeting. Um I actually do think Brendan Steele is interesting this week. I won't pay the 22 to 1 as him being one of the co-favorites, but I I do respect what he brings to the table because of how he played at the end of last year. Very good approach player. He can be sporadic and he can be volatile in both directions with, with the putter, which I think is usually a good thing. Um, Cameron Davis is another one of these guys. You know, Cam Davis, you talk about you talk about scar tissue, right? He touches the lead at Wyndham and kind of ejects himself. And I think he might be just a year behind Harold Varner, right? In terms of in terms of these failures. Harold Varner has knocked on the door a handful of times in his career. Uh, Cameron Davis probably only once, you know, he's been on the, in the top 10, a couple of times. He's 25 years old. He's from Australia. He's got unbelievable raw talent and all the birdie or better ability this week. He's someone that I think is pretty interesting. And then you're always going to have doc Redmond, doc Redmond, 45 to one, uh, in most places. I think you can, you can get him at 40, 45, uh, maybe 50 in the right spot. Uh, unbelievable ball striker. He's piling up world golf rankings points his trajectory is so great and he's doing it without a victory so this feels like a really good spot for those guys i've also been very vocal on my sleepers video that i think uh wesley bryan is a good fit here bud Cauley is a good fit here so i wish i had the model to show you this week and to find you some really great expected value it's just one of these situations where you know what i don't think we have to force it it's 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 a weird situation with it being the first event of the season. It's uh, a, a time to buy on guys that may have never won before, and and there's enough big name players like Spieth, like Sergio, like Phil uh, to to stand at the top of the betting board and suck up a lot of the odds there while you let some of what I feel are the better players fall down to the thirties and the forties and maybe even the fifties. So that's the way I'm going to approach the betting board this week. Um, I'll approach the matchups as we normally do. We'll plug them into the matchup generator, or the matchup simulator, excuse me, on rickrungood.com. And we should have a lot of options here. So let's go with, uh, here are two guys that play a lot, which is usually what is great with this matchup tool. So we're going to do Chez Reeve, who has a good history around uh, Silverado, and also Emiliano Grio, who won this event a handful of years ago. We'll throw him in there. And then I want to adjust the date range to probably be... Let's, let's see what happens if we go since the restart and we'll let these numbers work their way through and i have ches Reeve uh winning this head-to-head four-round matchup over emiliano grillo 57 percent of the time which puts his uh true money line 
at minus 134. DraftKings has Grio as a minus 120 favorite, so that would be a nod to Chez Revi and a bet on Revi in that situation. Who else do we probably have a lot of rounds on? Um, this is an interesting one. HV3 and Harold... Uh, well, those are the same guy. Harold Varner III and Joel Damon, both minus 110. Both play a lot. I probably have good numbers on these guys. I have HV3 winning this 62% of the time. That's a big number. Minus 166 compared to the minus 110 you can actually get him at. So if you like this, that would be a bet on on uh, Harold Varner III. If we go back to the start of 2020, I wonder if this tightens a bit. And it does. So the bigger the sample size that you get, um, the more, I guess favorable it becomes to Joel Damon it doesn't become favorable enough to bet him if you trust strictly the numbers here so Varner sneaky little matchup bet there as well let's see if we can find one more we're two for two sometimes we don't find uh two bets here sometimes a lot of time actually a lot of times they're kind of no bets oh uh, let's do this one for fun Phil Mickelson versus Jordan Spieth two guys that are certainly not up to the caliber of play that they would like to be and it is almost dead even. I have Phil Mickelson winning this 50.6% of the time. Jordan Spieth, 49.4%. So almost dead even money. DraftKings has Phil Mickelson at minus 137. Um, I would not bet this. This one is this one is too tight. I know that you can get Spieth on the plus side of money, plus 110. I have his odds. Should probably be plus 102. That is too close for me, and it would be a no bet. But of course... Go to rickrunninggood.com. You can punch in any two golfers that you want, and you can see at any time frame that you want, and you can see the results. Let's talk about one and done. I think we got 362, I believe, is the final number for one and done. Basically started promoting it uh, you know, six days out, five days out from the start of the season. I think that next year, especially with the amount of emails that I got and all that stuff, um, I think we'll easily clear 500 next year, maybe even more than that. Um, but everybody's in, everybody's been contacted, everybody's been sent the instructions. And what I think is most important about this season is it's the super season. It is 50 events. So there are going to be a lot of golfers that you have to use. And that means that you're going to want to use some guys like this week that you that you think might not get hot and be options to use later down the road and into the actual 2021 calendar year. So there's going to be a lot of changes to the one and done tool on rickrungood.com. Uh, the, the, this tool that I'm about to show you is different than the dashboard. So you'll be able to see rickrungood.com slash OAD, the dashboard for uh, the tournament results, the standings, all that good stuff will be available uh, on rickrungood.com slash OAD. This tool is part of the subscription package, which will also be changing quite a bit as more data rolls in. But I want to show you what I like about this tool uh, right now. So like normal, you can choose any golfer that you want and you can actually see uh, essentially their full career's worth. Going back to 1980, I believe I have loaded in here. Um, all of their... 
earnings by tournament, by course, all that stuff. So you can see just the straight box score. So I'm showing you Dustin Johnson right now. And I can say, okay, just show me his 2020 season, um, which I can see, you know, just BMW championship. And I can see all the, all the, all of his results here. I can see, you know, 2017, for example, and then I can scroll down and actually see his career earnings by tournament. Now, this is interesting if you're trying to do a little bit of planning. If you're trying to see where you might want to use DJ over the course of his career, well, he's averaging $613,000 per start at the Northern Trust over 12 starts. And you can see, oh, he averages, you know, $522,000 at the FedEx St. Jude Classic. That's six starts over there. So there are some uh, interesting uh, trends you can find and ways that you might want to deploy each one of these golfers. And then if you keep scrolling down, you can see each golfer's recent results with the most recent result on the right-hand side. And then just for kicks, I included the historical ownership by tournament. So you can see where Dustin Johnson or any golfer is typically deployed and what tournaments they are used at. Now, last year was weird because we had so many events that were missed. This one's going to be weird because we've got 50 tournaments, but all of this information should help and give you a better idea if you want to go week by week or if you want to plan out multiple weeks in advance what the public uh, generally does, where golfers generally play well, and where you can find success. So this week, it is, of course, very interesting because we've got Every single golfer available to us, one out of 50 here. The Safeway Open, not necessarily a large purse event, but hey, uh, this is an opportunity to use guys that you're probably not going to use anywhere else. Actually, what I love about this tool is, um, so you can click any one of these seasons and you can see his season, but also if you click on any of these, so like if I want to click on the Northern Trust, uh, you'll see his history there and it'll it'll actually darken like the years that he didn't play there. Like he didn't play the event in 2014. He didn't play it in 2017. So you can see that. And then if you click at, you know, any of these, so, you know, 1.3 million at the travelers he earned, it'll highlight, Oh, that's 1.3 million out of an average of, you know, 465,000 at the travelers championship. So these tools are a bit interactive with one another, which I think is, uh, is pretty fun. I think it's very clear that uh, Brendan Steele will be incredibly popular this week. I mean, this is akin to Webb at Wyndham, Hideki at Waste Management, Bubba at Augusta, or I guess Riviera. Um, it is just the the most natural of fits. So we can pull up we can pull up Brendan Steele here, and I mean he's he's been playing well. Uh, you know he's got uh, he finished fourth at the Honda, then we came back in the restart. He finished sixth at River Highlands. He finished thirteenth at the Memorial. The back to back wins here a couple of years ago are certainly going to go a long way. Course history goes a long way in one and done ownership. Um, almost more, especially in weeks like this, in weeks like this, where there is no clear favorite, right? There's nobody under 20 to one. There's a bunch of guys between 20 and 30 or 20 and 40. There's no clear favorite this week. So a lot of people are just going to opt for the popular play. I imagine Joel Damon. I mentioned, I imagine Harold Varner, the third, who I mentioned, they're going to probably be the top three most picked golfers this week. And I think that's right. I don't think that, I mean, Steele, I, I, maybe I'd want to differentiate personally. And now I, I mean, I guess, can I divulge, like, 
can I divulge who I'm going to pick? I don't know. You can probably figure it out by the way I've been chatting all week. But um, I, I think I would probably want to be a little less chalky on steel. Um, I can probably find someone else to use. HV3, Damon, I think that those guys are fine. Um, I, I don't know if Phil's going to be popular. Like This is probably the weirdest one um, because if Phil is actually good and you think he can win a PGA tournament, you might want to use him somewhere better or bigger than Safeway or a place he's had. I mean, he's had great results at Safeway, but you might want to use him somewhere else. Um, but if you don't think he's back, and I don't know why you would. I mean, you want a Champions Tour event. I, I get it, but that's it's a much different story here on the PGA Tour. Um, then, then if you don't think he's back, then you probably don't want to use him at all. So I, I, it's kind of just a weird spot to use Phil, I think. Like I, I see both sides of it, and both sides don't necessarily tell me to play him at Safeway. Um, Siwoo, I think, is maybe more interesting than Phil, obviously, because uh, Siwoo's played better recently. You know, he made a run at the Wyndham Championship. I, I just think Siwoo's kind of one of these guys where he's young enough and his ceiling is high enough that if he gets on a good stretch of golf in 2021, you actually might want to use him somewhere else. So I kind of want to avoid that situation. And I'm just trying to think like who else, you know, doc, doc Redman would actually be pretty interesting. This, this feels like, uh, the type of course that doc Redman could win at feels like the type of course that, uh, a Cameron Davis could win at those would be the guys I would really be targeting. And if I burn them here, I'm not that worried about it. Right. If I, if I get a couple hundred thousand from them here, I think that's a good week. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, you can see, you know, what, what are you, what are you looking to get out of Brendan Steele this week? You know, historically, if you get $200,000 on average, uh, every single tournament, you're going to do just fine in your one and done. Now, the bigger the one and done, you might need more than that each week. The smaller, you might need less than that. But $200,000 uh, a week is is a great, that's a great season you're going to have. Uh, Brendan Steele's done that a handful of times. So, long-winded way of saying, Steele, Damon, Varner, they're all fine. Doc is fine. I mean, it's a blank slate. Anybody you want this week, I'm interested to see how this all shakes out. Let me know who you're playing at Rick Rungood, or you can leave a comment below. Super season is on us. This is going to be a ton of fun. The strategy will get more in-depth as we go along because there's so many events, but I'm thrilled to have you on board for the one and done this season. Best of luck at the Safeway. I'll talk to you guys soon.